I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the H2P podcast here on DKPittsburghSports.com. I'm your host, Chris Carter. Today, we have a special guest with us, a former Pitt basketball star himself, one of the guys that helped in the Penn Highland era bring the Panthers back to prominence. Mr. Julius Page is here with us. Julius, thanks so much for taking time out, man, to be on the show. How have you been? I've been great. How about, how about you, my man? I've been doing solid, man. So just to let you know, me and Julius connected at the Celebrity Softball event where we were trying to, we were trying to not look bad. <laughs> like, I, Julius, did you get some hits? Because I didn't get none. I led the I led the game off with a hit, and I was go. satisfied from there. Once once I got that hit, I stopped my my drinking picked up a little bit. So <laughs> you know, I was satisfied once I got one. I just had to get on base once. When 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 we went to this, it was like the first. It was after the first inning. We get to someone goes in the cooler. I think it was Terrell Edmonds in our sideline. He was like, "Yo, this is only alcohol. Are they trying to kill us?" <laughs> well, it was baseball. Come on, it you was know? baseball, You're right? And, and it was softball too. It softball, wasn't like right. like we was getting too stressed. I was able to get a couple shots to second base, but they kept flagging me down. So I was like, yeah, "All right, I I did my thing out here." <laughs> it was um, a lot of fun though. I had a great time. It was a ton of fun. But Julius, I wanted to get a sense to talk about so. Um, you know, first of all, for those who don't know, Julius has been covering the games, doing radio, you know, uh, you know, make, doing the broadcasting on pit basketball for some time. If you haven't heard him, you better hear him because he's he, he's great at it. Um, Julius, I wanted to get your sense because you were part of that movement with Brandon Knight and all the things that you guys did back in the early 2000s to bring Pitt back to, hey, this program's relevant. They've got talent. They push things. And that's sort of where everyone's hoping that they can get back to at some point, right? Because, you know, they had Kevin Stallings, you know, that just, that, that destroyed, that destroyed a lot of things. And Jeff's come mm-hmm. in and he's trying to rebuild, but there's some out there. And, 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 you know, I cover them. And when I write and people are just like, man, I just don't understand it. Why can't Jeff put this together? Well, you know, he, maybe he needs to go. And I'm like, there's a lot more components here. I wanted mm-hmm. to get a sense from you, how you felt he's dealt with, the troubles that have just befallen the program between the transfer situation, one, just transfers across the country are booming, but you had COVID and again, inheriting such a troubled situation from Kevin Solomons. Yeah. I mean, you know, it was definitely tough. I don't think we won a game in Stallings last year. So he definitely had to go no disrespect to him, but um, you know, he, 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 he got a program that was at the bottom of the barrel. 
So, um, you know, realistically, we have to give them at least four years, <clears throat> you know, before we can actually judge what kind of um, production that he or progress he made with the program. And then, uh, you know, COVID happened. So, you know, we were questioning if the team was even going to be able to play. So we didn't get to finish the season. Then they had a modified season, games coming and going. You know what I'm saying? So I just feel like he had a really unfortunate start um, to trying to rebuild this program. I In regards agree. to the transfers, that's something he's going to have to adapt to. You know, it's, it's pros when you're getting players coming in. It's cons when you got players going out. So, you know, ultimately, you got to take the good with the bad. I feel you with that. Now, one thing we did see this year was a very strong start. We, we've seen some, we, we've seen some like decent starts, but this year, I mean, they started what eight and two. They were able mm-hmm. to beat Duke. You know, Justin Champagne was like pit is back, and then the collapse sort of happened. What did you see that was the really good parts that that they were putting together early, and then sort of led to that drop off where they were scrambling to find answers, and ultimately they ended up with a losing season. I think chemistry more than anything, um, you know, Xavier Johnson started off as, you know, his career as like a go-to scoring type of point guard. And, you know, unfortunately for him, Justin Champigny came, who I think is the better offensive scorer, but no player is supposed to just, you know, give those reins to anybody. Obviously he's supposed to want to compete for that position. And I think that's where some of the chemistry issues step issue started and not to mention Audis Tony you know Audis was starting to come into his own and get really comfortable and he was somebody who felt like he should get more touches and I think that um I mean it's just it's something that you typically grow out of and I don't think they just had enough time to really gel and figure out how to make that work I think that that's a that's a that's a very good point how do you how do you as a team how do you mold those kind of roles because that's one thing that especially today with with all the AAU the kids that go through AAU, you're being taught you got to be the man. You got to learn how to how to how to run the show. How does a coach institute that? Where like like for example, when when you were playing, you know you were you were running the two. You had Brandon Knight here. You guys had Ontario Let, Siobhan Trout, Madonna Savakis. You you guys were able to fit roles, and that was what made you guys great. Was you could trust each other in those moments. But it's difficult when you're right, Xavier Johnson. I mean, when he was a freshman, he's like, I'm not going to be here in two years because I'm going to be in the NBA. He had mm-hmm. all that confidence. And it's not bad to have that confidence, but you're right. When you get a Justin Champagne, you got to make the offense about him when he's averaging double-doubles. That's right. tough. Yeah, I think it's just more of his personality versus point guards that came, you know, before him. You know, I think it was a little easier for me having a guy like Brandon, who I think more than anything understood tempo. You know, if Brandon get an outlet pass and he see me running in transition, he's going to push the ball. Uh, but that doesn't mean that he was a fast-paced point guard. You know, I think Xavier didn't understand when we wanted him to push it and, and mm-hmm. do his thing in transition <laughs> and when he should slow it down and just give it to Justin and let Justin do his thing. He couldn't really find that balance between the two. And again, that just comes with, um, I think, the kind of player he is, I think, as he matures, um, he'll learn how to do that. Brandon, again, comes from, you know, a family where his dad, coached basketball and his brother played in the NBA. So he could have been, well, I'm not going to say could have. Brandon is definitely ahead of his time when it comes to, you know, thinking the game through and getting other players involved. That, that's that's something that, that, that I'm interested in seeing because you, you got to get all the players involved, right? right you got right. you got to make sure that everyone buys into your system. And, and see, when I was watching earlier, you talk about that chemistry. It looked like early on they understood those roles. And even when Justin Champagne went out with a knee injury early and then Jeff even missed a game because of COVID, 
you know, there was a process that, that you saw developing there and there was a trust there. And for whatever reason, that sort of fell apart in the middle of the season. Success. For, for, yeah. Success, success sometimes do it to you. Mm. So I think uh, we first saw it. I think Audis had maybe a 30 point game or something like that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, right after that, I'm not going to drop 30 and you think I'm just going to come back and just score 12. You right. know? <laughs> it doesn't work that way. You know, so as, you know, Audis started, and I think he was leading the team in scoring in the beginning of the year, if I'm not I think mistaken. He was. I think he was. Well, yeah, he's like, man, feed me. And then you have, you know, Justin coming out, getting 2020 games. And it's like, I'm not going to just fall back into this role that you, you wanted me to be in. Like I'm outgrowing it. And I think, um, you know, when that happens during the season, you know, it's just a little tricky. It's not like having, you know, I always use Carmelo because, you know, Carmelo mm-hmm. as a freshman come in, you know, you, you can't tell me that in practice, he wasn't giving people the business just right away. Right. So if you were older guy who you thought she was going to come out and be the guy now, you knew by the time the, the, the season actually started that, you know, this is, this is a new day and Carmelo is the guy, you know, when that happened during the season, um, it's, I, I just, I've never really been in that kind of situation, but I can tell that, you know, if you don't find yourself, you're going to have those struggles. I agree with that. Now, one thing that I've, I've like written about and talked about a little bit in that, not a, not a thing that I know is a fact, but something I just saw is that one thing that I've seen some of the, a lot of the better programs and more successful years that they have is that when those young stars come in, not, not Carmelo Anthony, cause he's on a whole nother level, but mm-hmm. like, you know, when an Xavier Johnson comes in, it helps to have one of those older guys check you where it's like, Hey man, you're talented, but so am I. And I've been here longer and I had it. Jeff hasn't had that, you know, you know, he had right. Terrell Brown, a lot of guys like, like Cam Johnson, he left for UNC, you know, early with Kevin Stallings. If you had had him for at least a year or so, you know, that might've helped with that, but they haven't had that. Is that something that you think is really important to have those older guys in the program, check the new guys coming in and establish that culture so that then it's precipitous. Like, okay, the young guy, like when Xavier comes in, then when Justin would have came in, he's like, Hey, um, you know, this is what that is. And then Justin could have done that for the next guy. Is that something that's real? Or is that just, is that kind of like, you know, it's great if that happens, but you don't need it. Absolutely. I mean, when you look at, I mean, let's just look at the, the best to do it. Duke, you know, we mm. can't lie and say in the last, what, 20, 30 years that Duke hasn't been the best, you know, program to do it, you know, in that time frame. You look at the, the teams that they've had the most success with, you know, they had coaches on the floor, whether it was Jason Williams or Chris Duhon. You know what I'm saying? Like they have extensions from just Coach K, you know, and they can hold themselves accountable. So, um, you know, the coach voice is going to get old eventually. You know what I'm saying? There's certain things that, you know, it just being like a father figure in a way, certain things that the coach have to be careful with how he delivered to certain players that maybe one of your peers can deliver the same message and you will accept it. So I, I think that's that's definitely key is to have, if, if not the point guard, somebody who's an extension to the, co- the coach on the floor. I, I agree with that as you know, that having that presence on the floor to keep you know, and, and to transmit those messages. Like you said, like, you know, it, it's, cause it's one thing to say in a locker room, but you need someone that's like, Hey, this is what it is. And, and Jeff people even talked about that. He talked about a story when he was a freshman and how coach K after like a really bad performance in the ACC tournament, like left them on the bus. And it, <laughs> he, he was, he was just like, yeah, he just, he said he was so mad. He, he let them drive back to he let the bus drive them back without him. And he said, that was the time when the seniors got around him and said, Hey, coach is hard on you, but it's because he believes in you. And right. that was when he helped figure out his game. He said, that's what helped them that year get to the national championship game uh, at the end of March madness. So there is that element. And I just, I wonder how hard it is going to be for Jeff to establish that when he's losing guys, so quickly and that's again not to his fault it's just the situation at hand but 
you know, is that something like this year? You, you got Femi coming back. You got Nike coming back. You got and you got all these new transfer guys. You're trying to establish that that position here. I feel like that's going to be one of the biggest challenges of the season is getting that culture to take hold and stay there. I agree with you. You know, I think it's going to be tough. I think this is almost like it feels like year one again for him, in my opinion. Yeah. You know, and I think you know to be honest with you, I think it was in in the best interest of the program, the pit program and the players that transfer to go start something new. I, you know, if I'm not mistaken, Xavier would have been a senior this year. Yes. And yes, we would have been missing uh, the leadership. You know, we would have wanted to expect him to be more of a leader than what he has been in the first three years. But if that wasn't the case, wh wh where would we have been? We would have not seasoned these other players that's coming in you know, expecting for Xavier to get it right. And it's nothing that really was saying that he was going to get it right. You know what right. I'm saying? So I think for his career, it was probably best for him to go somewhere else and try to get in where he could fit in. And it was better for us to maybe move on and, and basically just tear it down and rebuild it. I hear you on that. We're going to talk about how they're going to rebuild it, what they have right now, what needs to happen moving forward. We're going to do that with, with Julius Page right here on the H2P podcast. But first, we got to take this quick break. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as uh, simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Back here on the H2P podcast on DKPittsburghSports.com. I'm Chris Carter here with the one and only Julius Page from the Great Pits Basketball Days. Listen, if you're enjoying this podcast, remember to subscribe to us. We're on Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts. And if you're really enjoying us, rate us five stars with a positive comment. It doesn't just help out the H2P podcast, but it also helps out all our Steelers podcasts, all our Pirates and Penguins podcasts, DK's Daily Shots, all the things right here at DKPittsburghSports.com, which you love. Now, back to Julius Page. Julius, 
you talked about this being the restart, you know, the, you know, hit the reset button, get things going. But there are some good components that we saw at the end of last year that I think could help with that restart instead of, you know, having completely blank slate. Like, for example, I wanted to get your opinion on the backcourt right now with Femi Otakale and Nike Sabande. Femi looked like a good facilitator that was learning the roles as a freshman. And then you had Nike Sabande who could be that combo guard. What did you see in those guys at the end of the season that are real things that Pitt fans could grab onto and say, okay, there's legitimate hope that these two guys can help usher in something new with the, with the program? Well, just the fact that they was getting better and getting more comfortable. So we can only anticipate that that's going to continue, especially with a more normal offseason. And we should anticipate that. Ho- hopefully we can anticipate that everything is going to flow uh, with COVID and all those things. But yeah, I mean, Femi did a great job, I think, uh, showing that he was maturing to a guy who was under control and that could facilitate. And I think Nike, you know, he had his ups and downs. You know what I'm saying? I kind of anticipated more and was expecting more, but that doesn't mean that he played bad. It's just that I was impressed with looking at his footage and I just mm-hmm. can't wait for him to, and I, you know, and it's always, you know, he got a late start to the season. Right. You know, I, I'm excited to see, um, you know, if he's going to pick up where he left off because he can play, he can really play. Another thing I wanted to get your thoughts on, because I was I'd be remiss if I didn't at least ask you about this. What do you think about Justin's chances with the NBA draft? There's some people out there that feel like he left too early. There's some people out there. Jeff Capel said, hey, I support him. That's my guy. I'm going to give him every asset. That's what I've kind of written is that if this guy believes that he's ready for the NBA, you you support him in that decision because that's your player. But there's some people, I, mean, I battle with them in the comment section at DKPittsburghSports.com. It's like, oh, he should have been back another year. And I'm like, hey, I think there's certainly some things he could have worked on, but he did have two knee injuries. And he did tell us after the season that was, that did weigh on my mind. What did you think when he declared as far as how you've evaluated him growing as a player? Well, you know, first thing, most players, you know, are taking this Division One opportunity to hopefully propel them into the NBA. Um, so, you know, and, and the fact of the matter is the older you are, the less attractive you are to the NBA scouts. They, they, they're going to get the, the younger guy with the same skill set and take him over the older guy. So it's not a guarantee that coming back an extra year is beneficial to him just because he's now an older guy. They, they'll probably be more likely to take the freshman who looks like they're the next Justin Champagne before they take him. So timing wise, I don't think it get better than leaving as soon as possible. In regards to his game, um, I think Justin is good at figuring it out. Mm-hmm. He's a player who's probably going to be. I don't. I, I'm only saying this because Cam Johnson you don't, doesn't have to have a play called for him in order to get buckets and, and be effective in the NBA. Right. And I think Justin is going to be the same kind of player, a player that you don't have to try to get involved. He's just going to figure it out whether it's getting rebounds and putting them in or knocking down open shots. And you need those kind of players to have a successful team. So I think he'll figure it out or he won't figure it out. And hopefully, you know, he, he, he'll he go back to school and get his degree, but he can always do that. And, uh, you know, but I wish him the best. Uh, same here. I mean, we've seen that guy grow so quickly in the program. Uh, I mean, you're back-to-back 2020 games. I don't care who you do them against. That's, that's extremely impressive. And um, we got to keep it real. You know, yeah. is this team losing Cam and Audis and Terrell? Is this team to him look like it's going to be better? Right. You know, that was a team that didn't really finish strong towards the end of the year. And he has to ask, like, am I coming back to a situation where we actually have a better chance of contending? 
And I mean, come on, losing, you know, a great, you know, portion of your production that I don't think that's something that he felt comfortable saying yes to. And that's just reality. Yeah. No. Yeah. Um, I, 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 I agree with there. And that's something that, that, that has, that does to get calculated into it. I mean, he was first team all ACC this year. And he's the he's the only pit player that's been all AC first team all ACC since they joined the conference. <laughs> it's tough to get higher than that, right? That's right. Yeah, he got to come back and try to just be player of the year. You know what I'm saying? So, right. yeah, I mean, I think I think he did the right thing. I, 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 I'm with you on it. And again, that that's why I lean to is like, hey, yeah, sure, he could have worked on maybe his shooting and ball handling a little bit better and put some things more together. But bottom line is that he had a great year statistically with the averaging a double double. The only guy in the conference to average a double double. Um, even if the team didn't finish strong, I, I get his decision to move forward. And I think it's great of Jeff Capel to to, to hold the line because some people are like, man, he could have pushed to keep him. I'm like, but no, you want to stay real, show the players that you have their back no matter what. And that's the kind of res- message that will resonate to other guys that are in the program or will come to the programs because say Absolutely. Justin makes it to the NBA. They're going to be like, Hey, that's, that happened. And Absolutely. maybe something like that can happen for me if I go to pit. Mm-hmm. It's a great selling point. So yes, hopefully he does make it for our sake because <laughs> it's, it's something that we can definitely use for sure. Absolutely. Now back to the team. Uh, now this team is going to also have a lot of young guys. Now, like they did, they, they brought in a bunch of transfer guys we won't really see them. Like, you know, I've, I've done some film study on the, on those guys on DKPittsburghSports.com. You guys can go check that out if you want. But what we saw out of some of the young guys, you know, we saw very limited of John Hugley before his situation happened, but we know he's coming back. And I, I did feel that when I saw him early on, he looked like he was ready to be physical, but didn't know how to be. And like when he got the ball in his hands, he was like, okay, what do I do now? And, and like, that's, <laughs> that, that was the sense that I got from him in those early games. But that, he was starting to put the first first things together before his season ended and that it'll be good for him to have at least that under his belt uh, moving forward. What was your sense of him and what Pitt might be able to do with the front court? Because I mean, again, Terrell's gone. um, Koulibaly's gone. I mean, they, 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 they're going to have to find a whole new front court, especially with Justin as well. Well, yeah, definitely having bigs uh, makes life easier on everybody. So um, that's something we we definitely have to make sure that we secure some bigs. I mean, in regards to him, you know, having a hype coming in as one of the guys, you know, yeah. one of the top guys coming in in this recruiting class, you know, you just want to live up to those expectations. So I think he was a little pressed to try to prove that he deserved all of the hype that he was getting. That's normal. And that's so typical. It's ridiculous. But, um, you know, hopefully he calmed down and he, he, you know, he get more comfortable with the system and he realized that he could just go out there and play basketball and have fun. But I never really bank on new guys or, you know, for whether they're freshmen or transfers, <laughs> just because it's a learning curve, seriously. Like, you know, what you've done before you've gotten here really means nothing, especially if you have to adapt into a new system and just being comfortable, you know, whether it's in practice with your teammates, with the coach, the coaching style, you know, whatever style that y'all play, you know, everybody adapt at different times. So I never like to, even if it's a McDonald's All-American, I don't like to be like, oh, we expect him to come in here and be the guy. Like, it, it just doesn't work that way no. in, a lot of, in a lot of scenarios. So that's just not something I'm big on doing. And, and I feel like that's the same way with a lot of guys that are still on the team right now. William Jeffers, everyone's really excited for him. He's extremely young. And like, you see the spring in his step. The kid obviously has the athleticism to play it. But when you, again, when you got to put it together, there's a whole lot of things. Julius, what are like explain to the common person 
the the levels of the, the things that you got to take on when you're going from, hey, I was a superstar in high school. I was one of the best athletes in, in my area, in my state. And now you come to the one program where you're like, oh, snap, everybody's like that. Right. What are some of those opening challenges to that, like you went through when you were a freshman and having to learn going into your sophomore, junior years? Well, I mean, you, you said it. Just being the, the most athletic player on the floor is enough for you to be in high school. So even if somebody beats you, more than likely when you're the most athletic player out there, you're going to figure out how to make the play or not. But when you make mistakes on a collegiate or professional level, they're going to make you pay. You know, they, they, so it's, it becomes the X's and O's. Are you able to, you know, read, you know, fast enough to be able to hedge the screen or extend the screen or they become the schemes? Are you, are you trailing a guy or going underneath? And when you were when you were a young guy like me, that was like I couldn't walk and chew gum. It felt like at the same time, but I was super athletic. But once I started studying film and you know focusing in on how I'm supposed to guard these guys or or how to read this screen when I'm coming off of it, it's just repetition. Like it's, it's nothing that prepares you better than constantly going through it in your individual workouts, going through it in practice, and watching yourself on film. Outside of that, I don't know what to tell you. You got to put that work in. I feel you on that. And, and, but and that's the thing that in every sport you go through, like Pat Narduzzi with pit football, you know, when a, when a freshman comes up and makes a couple plays in the game, they'll be really excited, but then he'll tell us, it's like, yeah, but he ain't doing that in <laughs> practice every day. And right. we, we got to see him do that. And, and that's something that's real. Again, when you, when you have that success in high school and you're like, I'm the man. And then you have a couple moments where you're the man, you know, in the, you know, at D one, but then you got to realize to actually be the man, you got to be that every day. You got to show up to practice with that. You got to sweat through that. You got to show up to your film study sessions like that. You got to lead your players like that. It's like, hey, guys, I know that we just beat this team over here, but we got to focus on the next thing right here, or we got to focus on fixing these things. Those are going to be the challenges that we'll see how John Hugley, how William Jeffers, how Noah Collier, how Femi Udakali, how a lot of these young dudes, because this, this is going to be a young core. There's no there's no denying that they need this group, along with the transfer that they brought in to sort of figure those things out. And that's a lot to ask of a program. But I wanted to ask you, Julie, before we before we, we wrap up things here on the H2P podcast, I wanted to ask you. What's your outlook over the next three to four years for Pitt basketball? Do you really do you see this? The the things that they're doing is something they could return to prominence maybe this year and next year, or do you think this is going to be a, a slow build-up process that if they that the program just needs to trust Jeff Capel and that a few years down the line we'll see them competing in the ACC tournament and maybe even making March Madness again? You know, with the way things work now, it's really hard to predict that because players can just move around so so much freer now. So I think the job that the head coaches have are a lot a lot harder than when I was playing. Mm. But I think, again, you hit the nail on the head. I, it's, it comes down to do we trust Jeff Capel? You know, me personally, I don't really have to. I can just sit on the outside. My job isn't dependent on his right. production. But right. an athletic director's job is dependent on his production. You understand <laughs> what I'm true. saying? So... You know, I think we have the right guy. I think that the most important thing, I think he has a really good eye for talent and he's relatable. You know what I'm saying? Which is, you know, we it's a different age now. Yeah. Okay, we got to be able to relate to these kids. And I think he's able, he's capable of doing that and he shows that he can do that. So I, I never have been a fan of that revolving door. I would like to stay away from getting into that. Oh, we need a new guy. Oh, we need a new guy. Like, I'd rather just stick with the guy, especially if I feel like he has the goods. And I personally think he has the goods. 
I'm with you on that. I, I've maintained that even when they were losing, a lot of people, like when I was writing those articles, and they lost to Wake Forest, and then they started they started like losing like three or four in a row. I was sitting there, and I'm like, yeah, but there's a lot of things that's going on here. And then we saw at the end of the year, there was probably a few more things that we weren't aware of if, if, if with the guys transferring. And, and again, you're in the middle of a pandemic. You're dealing with a lot of things. I'm with you. I think and that, that's typical. Because, and yeah. that's typical. Look at – Look at, you know, some of the promise that we show my freshman year at beating Seton Hall, who was ranked, beating Georgetown on a roll, who was undefeated in rank, but dropping a game at home to St. Francis of PA. You know, like, you know, teams that are, you know, in a rebuilding stage are going to show up for the big teams yep. and ha- give you letdowns when they're playing against opponents that they think they're supposed to be. It just happens that way for some odd reason. Yeah, I mean, it, and that's the thing. Even when you're when you're in your best days, there's going to be days where someone comes for you, and you just you have an off you have an off game, or a, and they just catch you at the right time. Heck, I mean, that was how Pitt kind of made it made it say, like you know, you got you guys were doing that where people were like, ah, it's Pitt, who cares? Right, and then you would right. go in and you'd smack somebody up, and they're like, oh, okay, so right. that team, that program's coming up. <laughs> that's that's part of what I think, but I think that might be who Pitt needs to be now. Is you know what? And, and something I talked about on a recent podcast, you know, you got a new coach at UNC, Coach K's, you know, you know, announced this is his last upcoming season. You know, Florida State, his coach is getting up there. Jim Beheim's up there. There's a lot of programs that are going to be going through significant coaching changes that have been mainstays of college basketball, not just ACC basketball, but college basketball. And this may be a prime opportunity for Jeff Capel to plant his flag and be like, hey, this is what pit basketball is about. And upset some of those blue bloods that have been established for so for so long and maybe start to win more of those recruiting battles to get the guys in to be that blue blood maybe down in the future with what he's building here i agree with you 100 you know prior to i don't know duke's history but i always use him as like the baseline like if any coach doesn't aspire to duplicate what coach k has done then you just uh, you in it for the wrong reasons i guess so I would look at him for the model. I don't know what kind of success they have, but I know since he's been there, the success is just naturally drawing people to want to go to school there. So, yeah, you, I mean, I think that can happen anywhere. As long as you win, players are going to want to go play for a winning program. There you go. Julius, thanks so much for joining us here on the H2B podcast. We hope we can have you back a lot more uh, to talk no some doubt. talk some pit hoops throughout, especially when we get the season started. I'm going to be wanting your input on things. But let our listeners know where they can find you, follow you, and see more of the things that you work on. Well, you know, right now I pass everything off to Perry Page. At Perry Page, she's an up-and-coming one. She's in the background over here. I don't think you can see. Oh, you're, well, you're not showing us anyway. But, yeah, <laughs> you know, my, it's time for me to take my pictures down. It's about me supporting my youngins who are up-and-coming. So follow her, at Perry Page on, on what she probably Instagram, Twitter, and all of that. And let's let her build her situation. I'm the <laughs> old man now. Absolutely. Perry Page. All right. Support, support the youth, support the future. I'm with that, Julius. That's, that's really dope. So do follow, do follow Perry Page. That's awesome. Thank you so much for plugging that, Julius. I'm Chris Carter, your host here on the H2P podcast. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Carter Critiques. You can listen to this program on DKPittsburghSports.com's platform of podcasts, whether it's on Apple, Spotify, or Google Podcasts. Thanks so much to Julius Page. Thanks so much to you for listening. Remember to rate us five stars with a positive comment. Be back in your ears very soon with more right here on the DK podcast network.